Good evening, and welcome back to another edition of the JMU Sports Vlog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. I can't complain. We are uh, we're hitting that stretch. We're about to hit the stretch this weekend, and that's why we want to do a fun show, even though we don't have any like deep dives tonight. Um, that was really fun talking to Coach Eikenberry from baseball last week, Rob. Uh, I really enjoyed that. You know, I appreciate his time, first of all, but yeah, um, I always enjoy talking to coaches, but that was particularly opening because I'm somebody who's just kind of dipping my toes in the world of college baseball over the past year or two. Mm-hmm. And I'm sincerely looking forward to diving in, you know, full stop <laughs> this year. So that's got me ready to go. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it was great. So for anybody who didn't get a chance, that episode is up from last week. Um, we encourage you to go back and listen. Baseball is going to be a really fun program in the Sun Belt. Um, Big season coming up for them. We're excited for that. And we just a lot of fun stuff about recruiting in baseball, the bigger picture of the Sunbelt move, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and just the weird things about college baseball. I thought that was really good. So I uh, encourage you to go back and listen. Tonight, as always, we're brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the fly shop anytime there in Harrisonburg, mention the podcast and you get a free Mossy Creek sticker of your choice. Um, please go say hi to Brian and Colby and the boys and girls there and um, tell them you listen and you care. We're getting ready. I, I saw Brian this weekend, so we're going to work some stuff out for 2023 soon, but uh, pretty exciting times and, and a good time to get ready for spring. And that's what we're doing tonight is we are hitting that stretch this weekend, Rob, where we have spring sports and everything's happening right? and winter sports going on yes so we're going to start tonight talking about hoops for sure on both sides um but we got a couple notes on softball lacrosse who both kick off their seasons this weekend it is softball week rob it is lacrosse week this week like we're in game week for both those programs uh, that's pretty exciting and then a couple notes on football and baseball as well uh, a couple more weeks till baseball really gets going um, Rob, one thing on hoops, let's start with men's hoops and well, actually let's just start with the tournament. Cause I did go back. I think I've said some wrong information potentially on here a couple times. I did go back and look at the tourney format. And one nice thing is both programs. It is one. If you are seated first through fourth, you get a double buy in the Sunbelt tournament. So that's the way this one works. If you're five through 10, you get a buy. So 11 through 14 play on pillow fight Tuesday in, in Mobile. And it then is, the real uh, tournament starts on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so. both teams are well positioned now, but the women are in a dog fight. Aren't they in a long game? Women are in a massive dog teams? fight. Yeah. We're going to get there in a second, but yeah, they have um, stumbled a little bit of late in the last couple of weeks. And yes, they are in a big dog fight and the men are not clear by any stretch. But as we said a couple of weeks ago, the men are in, it's amazing what a week does in college hoops sometimes. Right. And, uh, yeah, the men are now in tied for third with Marshall, and they have a game, both of those teams, uh, and technically JMU would be third because they have a win over Marshall. Um, they do play them again. But they also, and both of them are up, are game up on Louisiana Monroe uh, for that fourth spot. So, you know, six games to go for both the men and the women, and very good shape. Um I mean, a much better position. So the men, Rob, a couple big wins at ODU, 78-73 in a game I think we both got to watch a good bit of. Yeah. And uh, had some inside inside the arena knowledge coming to us as well, which is great. And um, 63-57 over App at the end of the week. Um, you know, pretty fun to say they went to Norfolk and beat ODU. That's, uh, that, that, had, uh, that felt good. Regardless it did. of it did. Yeah, and th- yeah. this isn't one of ODU's best years. I think their fans no. are probably a little bit disappointed right now, but still anytime you can go on the road in conference play, it's big. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that at ODU, I mean, Norfolk's been a house of horrors for Jamie over the years. So, yeah. um, although they've had, they've had success, it was, I believe that was the third straight win at ODU. Yeah. In well, recent times, but sort of going back to when they were real conference mates correct. was when it was more problematic for JMU. Yes. Um, I did think it was funny. ODU, look, this is not meant as a uh, shot at ODU at all. They have led the conference um, in attendance by a significant margin all year this year. Um, And kudos to them. I mean, we know how much that program means down there, and and there's a lot of people who care. Uh, But I did think it was funny that they were like going nuts about how they were basically sold out 
for this game. And I was like, well, that, it does help that you are back in a conference where there's a team that matters. Yeah, exactly. Like, and where there's fans of the other team again. You know? I mean, like, that's the benefit of being located in, you know, a, yeah. a major metropolitan area. The Hampton Roads area has tons of alums, obviously from ODU, but there's a lot from JMU as well. And I mean, it wouldn't shock me if people from Richmond for sure. make that drive. Isn't Williamsburg, that bad, yeah, right? no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had um, we had, <laughs> we had friends and family in attendance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had a good time as always, you know, quality purple turnout there as well. Uh, but that was just fun. And that was one of the games I think that we, I mean, we're, we, JMU will play, will host ODU coming up. But I think that one, that ODU basketball, for me at least, Rob, was kind of one of those that I had, I don't know, we thought so much about football that I almost overlooked, like, how good it was to have an old school rival back on the calendar again. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. In this kind of thing. Like, it's a Thursday night. Nobody's, like, going nuts, you know? But that's really fun, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, it's a good win. uh, And a good win over App. I I did think, Rob, I mean, I, you know, we didn't study the game film or anything from either game. But we were not alone in... We talked a few weeks ago about how when JMU got healthy, they'd actually had too many players for the rotation. Yeah. And then they suffered some injuries again over the last week or two. And I don't think those are good things. Like in particular playing without a true point guard is not a sustainable way of going about your season, most likely for any long term, but you know, they were without Morse and Strickland the last couple games. And it was interesting to see a pared down rotation. Like, and we had to, some of the guys we had talked in particular about, I thought, I mean, Wooden was enormous in the ODU. JMU led wire to wire in the ODU game, but ODU kept closing within two, within one, over and over in the second half. And like, you know, Wooden got some extended run and made big shots. And that's the kind of thing it felt like, like, oh man, you're really, you know, I don't know. And Molson, I thought, felt like, oh, he was freed to sort of take over the game at times. I mean, he was playing point. Yeah, he was playing point and, yeah. and was sort of, I think, I mean, they didn't really go a true like 1-4 or something, but like he had, he certainly had the green light for the most part. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I think comes when that, like nobody's coming in off the bench for you at that point, you know? So it, it was good. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is long-term. I think health is a better thing in a long Sunbelt tournament where games are day after day, but it, you know, both teams are in position I mean, right now. I mean, the men have a four-game winning streak, and I, I think there's been some frustration when you follow on Twitter. And I swear, it's like if you go on Twitter, <laughs> you yeah. sometimes think that the sky is falling. It's, you turn on the game, like if you if you tune in late, if you check Twitter before you check the score, yeah. inevitably you're going to think Jamie's losing by thirty points. Yeah, and people are literally like kicking the ball the wrong direction, sort of thing. Yeah, then you log in, you're like. <laughs> Oh wait, it was a twelve point lead. It's down to six. You know, like wait, what's right. going on here? Like it's also college basketball. Uh, that one drove me nuts the other day because look, it's great to get off to a good start. And unfortunately for JMU, that's been kind of their tradition is like have a good start and then collapse. But at the same time, like it's college basketball. Like, that's what like, happens. Twelve point lead is not like it's it basketball. It's you're pro like, basketball too. Yes, the pro basketball. Wizards, basketball, Wizards right? have blown two 20 point leads in the past week. Yes, exactly. Like these things happen. And, and like if JMU was down 12 in the first half, I wouldn't be freaking out either. Yeah. You know? Um, so yes, you're right. I actually thought they showed tremendous resiliency by the way they let teams back into the game and then so closed it out. Especially on the road at a rival. Kind yeah, of thing, and right? App State, the team, they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, Wooden hit another huge shot down the stretch there. And then I think. Tack to call hit three or four from the line. And yep. there you go. It was like close game. It might have been a tie game. Yep. Wouldn't hit that corner three, put him up three. Mm-hmm. Then, like I said, Molson hit a couple free throws and um Friedel had a couple big rebounds. Like he did not shoot well. I thought Friedel played well in the ODU game too. Yeah, yeah I thought he played just, very he's well. He's playing smart. You. He's contributing like with rebounds. With he does more than just shoot he's, passes. Yeah. yeah. He's been typecast as just, just like, you know, mm-hmm. spot up shooter. And when he's hot, yeah, he's deadly. Um, But he can do a lot more than that. You know, he's a better defender than people give him credit for. He can rebound the basketball well. He's a pretty good passer, um, moves the ball very well. So he can affect the game. And I don't get particularly frustrated with him, like, as opposed to some other players at times. But I just feel like he is supposed to keep shooting. 
Mm-hmm. And like, you know, look, if it's a contested, awful shot, that's a, that's a bad shot for anybody. But for him, I feel like if you have a look at a three, you're supposed to take that shot. Yes. Like that's your role and it helps the rest of the offense yep. for you to be continue to be a threat. And so I'm fine with him like shooting through it a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a couple guys who are capable of, um, you know, incredible play and imaginative athletic efforts who also frustrate me with like, just make a foul shot yeah. <laughs> or, or like, you don't need to make this pass right here. We're up three with 30 seconds to go. There's, you know, like, uh, anyways, but you know, I still feel like the talent is there and just watching this league. I mean, I know Louisiana and we'll talk about that. I mean, I know there's some good teams, but at this point, if Jamie can get in that top four and get in that double buy position, They'd really be putting themselves in a good position, and I there's nobody in the in this tournament that would you know scare me that they couldn't beat. There's probably no one they couldn't lose to either. But. No, I mean they're currently sitting like you said, third place yep. via tiebreaker. Yep. Um, they've got games against Marshall, who they're you know in. Oh, the schedule's with. incredible. So and then they, Louisiana, I believe the yep. close. They still have ODU. Yeah, well, this it, it actually sets up so Georgia they, Southern. This, this week is their last two road games. They go to Georgia Southern and Coastal. This weekend, which are not terrible road trips for yeah. James. I mean, both in the East. Then they come home for their, they play their last four games at home at the bank, which is, I think, going to be great. Two weeks in a row of two games apiece. Yeah. Like, you know what that means in terms of like student paying attention and attendance. Yeah. Like, I think that's a good thing. Um, like, if you and I had been students and there had been a run of four games in a, basically in a week and a half, mm-hmm. like, we would have been excited to like try to go to three of those or something. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. And Particularly with good teams. Yeah. So they host ODU and Louisiana, and Louisiana yeah. um, next week. And then they come home at the end for Marshall and Georgia state is the last game. And actually the very last game of the season is a Friday and it's a women's men's double header um, at home. The women play Marshall and the men play Georgia state. So that's really fun. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 excited to see where they go. I mean, I feel like if they, I mean, they got six games left. If they go five and one, of course, that's like the dream. But even if they go four and two, three and three, you're probably in pretty good spot right now. Yeah. Um, you know, would really like to see them sort of put the hammer down this week with these last two road, this last road trip, especially with it not being a terrible road trip. Um, so, yeah, if they could win these two this week against Georgia Southern and Coastal, I mean, they'd be in they're sitting pretty really they're good position good coming home for the last four. Yeah. So uh, fun, fun times. And hopefully the Dukes can keep it rolling right into March. Sunbelt tournament first week of March. So, I mean, as soon as the calendar turns, they're all in Pensacola playing the tournament. Um, women, on the other hand, a little tougher weekend. They did beat South Alabama, a bad South Alabama team, kind of hammered them on Thursday. And then had a disappointing loss to Georgia Southern on Saturday. Um, they are in a five, what five way tie for second place. Yeah, yeah. Troy is two games up two at games ten up. and two. Yeah. yeah, JMU, Texas State, Southern Miss, ODU, and Louisiana are all at eight and four. I think there's even two teams. Georgia Southern is one of them that are only a game back of them. So same thing. Everything's still to play for for the women. Um, they're home for Louisiana. Uh, so obviously that's another one of the eight and four teams and they're home for Arkansas state. Who's not good this week. So they need to make hay at home. This is really the last true homestand. I mean, they have senior day at the very end on the double header, but they have three in a row on the road after this. And that's Texas state ODU and app. So two of the teams they're tied with, you know, in the next five games, they play three of the teams they're in that second place tie with and really important for them to try to get that double by same thing. So, uh, I'm still not worried about them. They no, just I, don't have cons- they don't have anyone outside of Kiki who's like consistent scoring night to night. Well, they they don't shoot particularly well. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, cause um, cause Lova, like I feel like she's been really steady inside, but other than that, like everybody else, kind of hit or miss mm-hmm. night by night. Yeah. And that's what you're right. They just don't, they don't have that consistent shooting, um, but they still have depth and they're getting some play from some other people. I don't know if, did you see the King Hawea, the, the thing that um, the sports news they're guys over the head. Sort of that thing. was awesome. Yeah. 
Yes, the, the like thing you do to a little kid where you like fake the pass and the person turned around and then she hit the shot was what made it so great. Which yeah, exactly. So many times you see it not fall through. That yeah. needed like the Rucker Park treatment. Of, it did. It needed of, people of, you know somebody being like, oh, yes. go crazy, go yes, crazy. That needed you know? an one mixtape yes. announcer. It, yes, it took exactly. me back to that. Yes, that was fun. But hopefully, women, you know, they need to take advantage. They just they need to take advantage of these two games at home this week, and I. I, I am confident that they will. Um, it's fun time to be a Dukes fan as always, but you know, if for all of our like gnashing of teeth about both of these teams th- during the season, it's a one bid league this year. Mm-hmm. So if you get into the first top four seeds, the rest of it doesn't really matter. Like you just need that double buy. Yeah. And both teams are still, it's all to play for with six games to go. So, and uh- I gotta say, it's been more fun than I anticipated. I was kind of saying like, oh, basketball, it's gonna be a good move because so many teams appear to be willing to invest in their basketball programs after making this move for football. Mm -hmm. There's more enthusiasm for basketball than I anticipated. I I thought this is where the league would be two, three years from now. Yeah. Like teams really going for it. And you know, there's... Yeah. ODU, I think, is a little bit of a disappointment. Georgia State having a down year. But mm-hmm. overall, it does seem like it, it's good to see Southern Miss, JMU, Marshall. Like, yeah. The new additions playing well. Louisiana, yeah. I think, has been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'm kind of so. looking forward to like talking to some Louisiana or Texas State type people in the offseason about yeah. that. Because I feel like JMU, Marshall, and ODU, they care now and they always cared. And so I was kind of confident, like, oh, our new teams and the teams that are really close by us that we have these old connections with. Like, I know that will be fun, but I was like you. I thought, wow, oh, man, maybe this league doesn't care about it. But it it is fun to see. Like, Southern Miss has really been... They've been good. You know, yeah, and they've yeah. been trying to make a thing of it, you yeah. know? And I see Louisiana, like, with their own fans trying to get into it now. And doing um, bus trips for students for a week. Yeah, I feel today. Like, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like basketball is one of those things. When you have a good team, like Louisiana does on both men's and women's side or you know like southern miss has on the men's side this year like people will get on basketball's a fun one when the team gets rolling <laughs> it know? really is and todd i mean yeah. it's, there's enough games that you can like start getting on board the ride a little bit and it's i feel football. like it's an easy ask for friends like we had friends hey, to to for basketball, yeah. we had a, it's been granted it's been a long time we were there mm-hmm. during the lefty years and everything yep. but like Football, as we've mentioned countless times, was a little bit of an afterthought. Nobody went. Mm-hmm. Like, if you asked somebody to go to a football game, they'd be like, huh? Like, what? What's like, no. Basketball, people would be like, oh, yeah. I mean, people might fought with who they playing. Like, people paid attention on campus. But but those Saturday afternoon games oh, in yeah. the old conference, like the old version of the old conference with ODU <laughs> and these – those were fun events. And it's just – Yes. It's also perfect. It's like you're in and out in two and a half hours – you don't have to think about how to dress. You don't need to dress. There's right, not like for the weather. Tailgating whatever. is fun and everything, but it's also something you need to account for and plan for. Basketball, mm-hmm. it was like you'd go to D Hall, you roll over, you go yep. there, you come out, and it's like, oh, what do we got? We got two, three hours to kill until we start making our plans for Saturday night. Like it's just it's a fun thing, but like it was a really there's just a good vibe. Bas- college basketball arenas being, you know, smaller, a little more intimate. Mm-hmm. It just, I don't know, man. It, it only takes a few thousand people to really just create an electric atmosphere. No, it was funny. We we actually spent the weekend with some friends, and uh, one of the couples has bought a, um, like they're, they bought a house in North Myrtle, mm-hmm. you know, just like a beach house or whatever. And I don't know. I don't think it's on the beach, but you know, it's going to be their retirement plan, yeah. I think. And um, they've been spending more and more time down there. And they mentioned that like they, neither one of them have any connection to coastal. But they went to a coastal basketball game recently, like when they were there over the holidays for extended time. And um, they were just saying, they're like, yeah, we would probably not go to a football game. Like, not because they're not football people or something, just because it's like such an investment. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and it was like, we're not, you know, I don't know. Like you were just saying, where the basketball thing was just like, this is a little entertainment product that was kind of fun to go see. You know, yeah, it's just easier for casual yeah. fans. Yes, exactly. And they're like, we could take our kids and like, they thought it was fun. I mean, you and I can remember that, thing. like going to Mason games. That wasn't, yep. that wasn't weird. Like it's one of those things where football, I kind of feel like people tend to feel like they need to have some connection to the school or they got to be vested. Mm-hmm. It's a big basketball games. 
it's not unusual just for random people just be like, oh, let's, yeah, let's go to the entertainment factor, the, the local youth leagues, things like that. It's just yeah. a different sort of vibe. Um, yeah. You don't need that big investment. You're right. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's been fun in the Sun Belt, And I think that I'm really looking forward to the tournament. I'm looking forward to a whole week of like, I mean, we're going to have men's and women's games. Like go, hopefully if JMU, you know, if they win a couple, like they're going to be five, six, seven JMU games. Yeah. You know, in that week, that's going to be a fun, fun time. So yeah, good stuff for hoops. Let's keep it rolling, men, women, time to get back on track. Good chance this week. A uh, couple notes, Rob. I, we'll do a football and baseball notes before we talk about like serious preview stuff for softball and lacrosse. Uh, one fun thing for baseball, I think we both noticed today that Shelton Perkins um, started throwing again after Tommy John surgery, uh, Orioles, JMU prospect. Uh, that's pretty exciting. So hope hope his recovery goes well. I know there's some O's fans been carefully watching that. And then uh, in football, a couple just quick things I wanted to say. I We had asked before, like, when is the transfer portal stuff? I did actually look it up. And the other transfer portal window, the last one, it's now closed. And the last one will be May 1st to 15th. So that's after spring practice. JMU spring practice, March 23rd to the spring game, April 22nd. I got to thinking about it today because I saw the tweet that, uh, that Chris Benini had about, like, Hawaii starting spring practice today. Um, obviously, JMU not starting spring practice today, but uh, that's exciting. And then congrats to former Duke, DJ Bryant. Uh, as you know, Rob, one of my favorite all-time defensive yes. linemen, yes. Uh, has been on, was on the staff at Colorado the last few years and obviously was, um, like the entire staff, let go when Coach Prime took over this year. Uh, but he did get a job. He's the director of recruiting at Penn State. So, you know, the downside is he'll be recruiting against JMU, I would imagine. Yeah, but, but, but good for him. I mean, he's a very good for him. He's a Baltimore guy, if I'm yeah. correct. And so that's right in Penn State's recruiting footprint. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just excited to see him get a job on another P5 staff and really too. looking forward to him doing well and climbing the ladder. For sure. Yeah. So congrats there to DJ. And then the last uh, two things. So, Rob, Friday morning, 10.30, first pitch for softball down in Charleston against Chattanooga. So they play the mocks Friday morning, I think, and then they play Indiana State. This is a tournament hosted by the College of Charleston in Charleston. So looking decent for weather this weekend. I don't know about rain, but it's not going to be severely cold or anything, I don't think. Um, Indiana. So they play Chattanooga and Indiana State on Friday wonder if Larry Bird will be there. Yeah, doubtful. Um, yes. but And then they play Indiana State again on Saturday at 1230. And then they play College of Charleston 530 Saturday. And then I think they play Chattanooga. They play either Chattanooga or Charleston on Sunday. But really want them to beat the – I mean, I want them to get off to a great start and play well all the games. But I want them to beat the, the absolute living yeah. piss out of College of Charleston. Yes. yes. So, yes, I would really like that. Um I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, I, look, I'm, I went through the roster today, Rob, and it's a mystery to me as well. There's a number of names back. We're going to see Hennessy, Hall, Humphrey, um, Shiflet. You know, there's some names we know, but there's also a lot of turnover on the roster. And we just didn't see, you know, we sort of saw half of a season last year and really excited to see them. And I, I hope that there's a little bit of a, um, you know, I, you don't want it to, this team can play however it wants to, whatever's best for the women on the team is best for them. But they got picked fifth in the preseason by the Sunbelt coaches and only uh, the first baseman, Shiflet made first, you know, preseason all conference. And I, I got to think that's a little motivation for this very proud of, squad coming yeah. into the new league. Yeah, right? Chip on the shoulders. Yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit with football this year. They, they, they Let's just say uh, it was pretty clear that the players noticed that they were picked six in the East to start the season, right? Um, and hopefully softball can, can take some of that momentum with them as well. But really, really looking forward to seeing them up and running this week. I have to say, I don't know, and the JMU website doesn't say anything yet, Rob, 
I don't know if there's any of these games, if there's going to be any coverage. Any sort of streaming? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. I Actually, it was a little bit um, So just perusing through there. Uh, you need to pick it up for the spring sports because there's also a mis- misspelled sponsor for the JMU-hosted tournament, I noticed. <laughs> Yeesh. And I was like, oh, we need to do something about that. But hopefully they'll figure that out. And then in even the biggest game of the weekend, uh, on the JMU calendar, Rob, is on Saturday, your favorite, Jamie Lacrosse. Yeah. It was to Chapel Hill, and with the weather looking decent, certainly looks like this one's going to take place Saturday at 2 p.m. against the Tar Heels, and then next Wednesday they are at Virginia Tech at 5. Uh, but this is a huge one. So the 12th-ranked Dukes in the preseason taking on the number one-ranked preseason Tar Heels on Saturday. We will just like we did the last couple of years. We'll have a really good look at, uh, at what's to come, uh, you know, and a good idea of where things stand with JMU lacrosse after Saturday. I have a feeling. Yeah, I mean UNC is no joke. If anybody no. watched them play last year, yeah, um, just an absolute dominant team. And mm-hmm. this is a team that they've opened up against. What is this the third or fourth year? Yeah, it's definitely at least the second in a row. I, I don't. The COVID years get a little mixed up for me, but yeah. They like three of the last four, I think they have. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's just, I mean, it, it's become kind of a appointment viewing for lacrosse fans. Yeah. Um, to come in like JMU the year they won the national championship. Didn't they open against? Mm-hmm. They hosted them and didn't. Yep. One no T. So it's yep. great. I mean, it's just two good programs. I love the fact that it's kind of a home and home and it's happening year in, year out. Shows the mm-hmm. level that this, that this program's on. Um, yeah. Th- this is one that really. Talk about ripping the Band-Aid off and getting things going. <laughs> yeah, This is not a warm-up match by any stretch of the imagination. Well, no, and I think for, for Chapel Hill even. Um, Same thing. Yeah, I mean, they, they obviously, other than their own conference, the ACC, you know, teams to play in the Southeast that are really good are limited. And now with JMU and the American, with this like JMU Florida setup, that, you know, there's – that's that's going to be an hopefully they can keep this series going, yeah. Because um, I think it's become an exciting series for fans of both programs, and a good way and just to for fans season. of the game. Yes, for sure. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know. We'll we'll see some new stuff from JMU this week, but hopefully we'll see lots of goals from Isabel Peterson to start the season. So, yes, well, we'll it'd be see. nice. We'll I mean, they'd be the first team to beat UNC uh, in two years. So UNC went undefeated in national champions last year. Yeah. Um, just one, look, actually, the game, I don't know if you watched, the championship game against Boston College was mm-hmm. one of the best sporting events I saw last year. It was like, awesome, It was up it? there with the World Cup final. Um, yeah, I was paying just, attention a lot because they, I, obviously Northwestern had lost also in the Final Four and I had been, fo- had been following them as well. So, yeah. <laughs> it was an yeah, absolutely was a, epic final. So, it's a great good, game. Good. I tell you this every year, but I really encourage people to tune in and watch it it's it can be a little difficult to follow mm-hmm. at the end of you're trying to figure out all the nuances but just enjoy it for it is the athleticism trying to score and you'll pick up all the rules as you go but um it's a great program that plays a great schedule and things are only going to get better now that then they're in the american and as i've learned over jmu's rise to prominence in the last decade it, the women's game is really fun because yeah. they they score all the time there's a shot mm-hmm. clock like it's, I mean, yes, there's some rules I still don't understand, but like most of the games feel like they're like, like someone's going to get to 15 goals. <laughs> like there's lots of scoring. And I yeah. also love how there's, you know, the stick checks after every goal. So it almost invites us like bat flip type thing. Yes, it does. They, where girls yes. score and they just toss their sticks for the ref. And it's awesome. Yes. There's a bit of showmanship. But yes, for I love sure. it. Oh. So that takes us around um, sort of. Covers all the bases for tonight. I don't have anything else going in. We got a couple more weeks till baseball. Certainly another month till a month and a half till football spring ball. Um, Rob, you want to bring us into an well, overtime? Can, can topic we go tonight? before we go yeah. OT? Can we go one sports yeah. but non Jamie related topic that I'm going to spring sure. on you? Kyrie to the Mavs. <laughs> I mean, this, this is this is tough for me because I love Luca. I can't root for Kyrie. Like it, it just it, there are some things I admire the way the guy speaks his mind, and I admire in some sense the way that he puts his money where his mouth is. You know, paying the WNBA, but he yeah. also just says some brain dead dumb things. Yeah, and I, he just seems to be a team killer. I, I don't get it. Like I, I can't believe Dallas went essentially all in on this 
for three months. I mean, it's, it's pushing your chips to the center of the table. If it works, great, but this is going to blow up again, isn't it? I mean, like it is. I, the, oh, I got. I feel like I'm going back and forth on this myself today, and I I can't believe I've actually spent time thinking about this, Rob. But but I have, and the funny thing with Dallas is they just. I've been wondering about them for two years now because Lucas Luca, but they're just not good. No, but like, like last they year, don't they have any other talent, and they've got to have somebody else. Like they're never going to win with just Luca. And so, like, I don't know. Are they better today than they were yesterday? Maybe for this year. But you're right. They're going to blow up the whole – they're not going to win the whole thing. I don't know. No, and they have no role players. You've got no. Kyrie who's – you've got two very ball-dominant players now in Luke and right. Kyrie. And I, like, like I said, Kyrie is very talented. Yeah. But yeah. he's got some things he's got to deal with. Like, as a human being, I'm like, you know, this guy just – He's got to figure some stuff out. It's I mean, at this point, it's going to blow up. You have three teams, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> like at least two, right? Yeah. And I mean, this last one, it was nothing but damage control. I mean, he said some downright hateful stuff down here. Yeah. Like this was this was beyond yeah. just flat Earth nonsense. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And like I said, I, I I admired him taking a stand during COVID and sitting, yeah. you know, paying salaries of WNBA players and things like that. So it's like, wow, that's really good. But then that's one data point. Then you look at um all the rest of them. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's like, Oh, this poor guy. I, he's so talented. Yeah. But at this point, the only time it's worked is with LeBron. Yeah. The, the alpha of all alphas. And then right. like, it's just, I don't know. It's, I can't believe anybody traded for him. When he demanded trade in the summer, they couldn't find any dance partners. Right. So now you come back and it's like, well, nobody's going to trade for him now. Who's going to give up anything? for a rental for a guy who's clearly going to demand a, you know, a super max deal. And right. I, don't know. I mean, the West is wide open. Well, that's yeah. the weird thing is I'm not, I think both teams, the Nets and the Mavs might actually be better positioned than they were yesterday in their respective conferences. Like if K, assuming KD comes back healthy, right. He finishes the season at some point. Yeah. Like the Nets got two useful players. And they got rid of Kyrie. Like yes, like, I, like every team that that jettisons Kyrie is better the day after than they have Kyrie. It's just not well, worth the headache. And like I love KD, but like you have two of those guys on your team, which is great in the regular season. But somebody's got to play defense in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and like both of them are rather limited interest about that. It limited interest at times, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so maybe the Nets are better today than they were yesterday. But I also feel like you, I'm like, the West is actually super wide open. Like, I don't know if I really trust the Nuggets or the Grizzlies or the Kings to... I love watching Jokic. Oh, I love it. It's, but it I don't know if I, but I don't see them as the championship. Like a no, dominant, I mean... Like in a kyrie Luca two-week stretch. Yeah, I mean... Could beat anyone the, in that conference, right? Denver is pretty good, and Jokic mm-hmm. is amazing to watch. He does things that you just don't see. Like, mm-hmm. he split a double team on the drive. He he got the ball, like stole it or something, dribbled down the court as a seven footer, mm-hmm. got double teamed on the elbow and did this hezzy move where like he was on the left side, dribbled it back with his right hand. So the defenders kind of look back like he's going to go and just a simple, very unathletic Jokic looking <laughs> crossover <laughs> and went him. in for the layup. Like the guy's fun and his passing obviously yeah. is great, but that team, they're not looking like, the warriors of the head where you're like, okay, this is the presumptive favorite. So in right. that sense, I can understand like Cuban just going, Oh, who cares? Let's take our roll the dice. But you also could see Kyrie demanding a trade Wednesday night. Oh him. yeah. That's the part I just don't understand. Yeah. yeah. Or saying something horribly offensive or just doing something dumb or oh, yeah. sitting out. Like it's just the poor guy needs, he needs yeah, help. Yeah. But yeah, um, no, I know. I just, it just doesn't seem worth the risk. No, I, I can't believe anybody would trade for him at this point. No, I didn't think anybody would. I thought they're not going to be stuck they with They seem to give up. Like, like I actually thought the Lakers might, but like Dallas I thought, gave I thought up like Westbrook. a substantial amount of assets. I thought you'd see like a Westbrook for yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. Like if and you could some salary or get out of something. Yeah, exactly. But just well, knowing and, LeBron's and the only that's guy like that's ever played because of LeBron, since. right? Yeah, and that's you know, um, well, and because he's done it with LeBron before, you thought the Lakers mm-hmm. could talk themselves into it, but. Yeah, they gave up a like actual package for this, and it, I don't know. Anyways, good luck yeah. to everybody involved. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> the Wizards, as always, falling apart, gunning for that 10th seed. <laughs> oh, and don't even, the no, Rui thing, like, they should have traded everybody. That's what I don't know. The entire ro- just, How are they not trading everyone right now? Everybody. Right. Literally right. every single player should be available. Right. If that's the package you could get for Kyrie, what, like, presumably you get more for Beal, right? Then why aren't you trading Or Chris Stapps or Kuzma. Right, right, like, right. Yeah. Exactly. So. Just yeah, get rid of all of them. Or Danny, you know, get. Yeah. All of, <laughs> all of them are expendable. This is Every one of them. Yes. Yeah. So. Oh, that's a funny. Yep. Good point there, Rob. All right. Yeah. So what do we got tonight for OT? OT. Okay. Let's just rapid fire draft style. I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We ramble like we normally do. Let's talk um, three worst products ever. And that's, that's literally all the prep we did. This was the text. So define yeah. that as you will, but you can go ahead and you can list your, your number well, you one or number I three. Like, I like this because I didn't know what to talk about. And, and we were like, worst products ever. And then that made me think of um, main way industries from... <laughs> It's the Dan Aykroyd Saturday Live yes. bag of glass, right? But I actually didn't. Then I like started really trying to think about this. I tried to think about things that I actually myself, you know, was somewhat aware of. Yeah. I mean, the clear number one is new Coke, right? Oh. Like, I remember that. And I'm like, why did we need new Coke? Like, Coke is good. <laughs> like, like, You're hurting my heart. Coca-Cola is wonderful, right? Like. I, mean, I, I, I know like a lot about this. corn syrup in its own in the way it's always been yes. packaged. Why do we need it in a new way? Well, I, I know a lot about this because the CEO of Coca-Cola at that time was Roberto Gozueta. Okay. He's a Cuban immigrant, came yeah. to the United States, studied at Yale, was chemistry, rose up to become a uh, the CEO okay. of Coca-Cola. And he was very famous for that decision. <laughs> and then 30 years later, he wrote a very big check and endowed the Emory Business School, and oh. it became the Gazueta Business School, cool. and I'm a proud graduate of it. So <laughs> I know a lot about this one. Um, yeah, that that's that's a very good answer because it was okay. a colossal failure. We have spun it in every class I took at Gazueta to talk about how it was a moment of leadership and accepting your failures and making the right decision and never uh, really yes. to turn the corner, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Doesn't hide the fact that that was an absolute failure of a product. Like why tweak something? It's just, oh. it was good as is. So. Oh, that's funny. That yeah. is a very good one. That's a good All right. One. What did you, you have here, Rob? Well, I, I think the clear number one you left mm-hmm. on the board, Saran wrap. Wait, what? It's like plastic wrap? Does yeah, not work. Not good. No. It's, does not work. It's terrible. I like, you, it. you know, what's good is a Ziploc bag. Ziploc bag's great. Awful yeah. for the environment, so I try to not use them as much as I used to. Maybe but that work. plastic wrap crap, you you either need like you to be a graduate from the Culinary Institute of America, or mm. you need to have some sort of insane PhD in physics to understand just how to rip that stuff off of the little package with that ridiculous little metal wire. But then getting <laughs> without it to cutting stick on yourself. anything without cutting yourself, or having it just like stretch out on one side or tear down the side, and then I never get it to stick on anything. <laughs> Like it just kind of floats on top. Like it's just, it's utterly worthless. It's bad for the environment and it just, it, it doesn't work. So that was funny. It's like, if you, like you said, if you work in a, in the restaurant industry, it's one thing where you have like unlimited supply of, and they've got like the rolls where you don't have, yeah. And you just like unwrap it. You don't have to overthink it or anything. You could just wrap the hell out of things. But the home version does not work. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh boy. That is a good one. Well, sticking in the kitchen then for my next one, all of the, um, Olean wow products, mm. Rob. Yes. <laughs> that almost immediately, like, were like the problem was with this is that they came out after the like health food craze. Yeah. Right. Like, they'd already, like, everyone had already figured out that like fat free or whatever free was not, was just trading fat thing. for sugar. Yes. And was like terrible tasting. And then they came out with this thing that actually immediately people realized caused other problems. <laughs> Um, it had they, warnings when it, it came had out. Warnings about like loose stools. I was the term. Yes, yeah, like, it had warnings for a snack product like you would get for the those pharmaceutical ads that yes. they show every commercial break on the Today Show. Yeah, yeah, and there's no getting around that. Like you, yeah. you that there, I'm not going to have the product after that. Like, yeah, correct. Right. No, thank you. I'll just have the regular ones, or um, you know. Well, right, the pharmaceutical I actually need for presumably I'm making yeah. a, like a cost benefit judgment here mm-hmm. i'm doing a risk analysis of the awful thing that's hurting me versus yes. the slight chance that something bad will where's the i don't need to eat the chip yeah i'll right? just get something different right i'll have an apple yes exactly yes so 
Oh, that's a good one. That, Cause that, yeah, that's just yeah. completely unnecessary. Yeah. All right. My next one, um, ice scrapers. Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I wish to, I've only had to scrape. My how many of these have you scrape. broken in your life? It, they break like unlimited amounts, right? Unlimited amount. They break right at that pivot point. And even when you get the ones that like have the little, like you have to purchase a new one every year. Every year. Like it's an annual purchase at this point. And right? every year I fall for some new version. Like, oh, I'll just yes. get the handheld like, oh, one because it won't fancy work. Or, one from Costco. Or I'll get the long one or I'll get the <laughs> one that has a like weird glove <laughs> muff thing on it, you know? <laughs> and they all have the same problem in that they don't maintain contact. Like there's something weird about the way they go. So you end up just with like the two corners scraping. So you just have two little microscopic lines that you need to go back and forth and then you got to go okay. different angles. I don't know. I don't know how we can build like self-driving cars and we can't find some way to match the curve of these ice scrapers with the curve yeah. of a windshield, but they're Because terrible. let's be honest, if we have the time and the forethought, the better re- way is to just go out and turn your car on. Yes. Right. And yeah. turn the, the heater thing on full sure. blast, And just right? go and just and wait. Just wait. 30 minutes and then, and then go. Not right? even 30 yeah. minutes. Now whatever, it is, however long bit. it takes, yeah. 15 minutes, whatever, you know, but like, as opposed to doing that thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. And like well, the whole environmental it. impact, you know? Okay. Yeah. No. You don't want to run your car, but like you said, I probably, I've owned five or six cars in my life. I've owned about 730 ice scrapers. Oh, wow. So the amount yeah. of plastic that has gone into those versus if I had just run my car for an extra two or three minutes. Correct. Yeah. It's, yes, Exactly. Oh, that's a good one. Um, my third one, I'm not an enormous gamer, but I love this one, Rob. I think I may have actually talked about this before, but the E.T. video game oh. is incredible. And the like story since the, the landfill e. with game, like yes, hundreds the of copies filled yeah. with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. In New Mexico, they actually found it. There's a documentary about this. That's mm-hmm. incredible. I've watched It's a good documentary. It also features George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote Game of Thrones who owns the DeLorean from Back to the Future, yeah. loaning it to the guys who made the movie for the movie? Like, anyways. Um, but that game, from a pure game standpoint, is incredible, right? And the whole story of that, they were trying to capitalize on the hit movie, but they were trying to do the... And they rushed it. made it, yeah. made them do it so that they could have it out for Christmas season. And it was like... like literally impossible to play the game and there were times when the character would get stuck and stuff like it didn't work (laughs) yeah i I just recall wasn't there like a scene where like et needs to follow a trail of reese's pieces or something Something like like that yeah there was no real gameplay it just was a bunch of ripped off scenes from the movies with awful you know 16-bit graphics yes yes and and joysticks that were literally just a stick and one button. So like very limited yes. controls. Right, because it was on Atari, I guess, right? Oh yeah. man, that's fantastic. That is a great yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just awful. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh. And right, the, t- I think the guy who did the main game designer had designed like some of the more famous Atari games. But they like I gave him like, like a three week drink, like one of the really good ones. Yeah. yeah, but they gave him like a month to come up with this game or something which was just impossible at the time so and then they literally took like all the remaining copies and buried them in a hole yes they didn't want to admit they made this awful mistake yeah yeah yes exactly oh man that's that's really good yeah all right my last one i don't know you might have been around this might have been the year before Mm -hmm. you were in school or it might have been your your freshman year but do you remember those fat shaker machines where it was like like, for people no not the shake weight this was like this thing you stood on it was almost like a scale but then it had like a big pedestal coming out and then it had a big thick canvas belt it was almost like a weight belt oh my gosh and you would hook a machine and it would go around your waist and then it would just shake like crazy and this thing was supposed to get you skinny by like shaking your your fat and they used to see them on like 70s and 80s tv shows and whatever it'd be like people like women like fresh out of jazzercise with mm-hmm. you know their spandex and leg warmers yeah and they'd get these things on and you know they'd probably <laughs> in the age they're probably like smoking cigarettes while doing this thing saying they're exercising we got one of these things in the fraternity somehow <laughs> I, I, and they used to make us get in it when we were pledges and scream and yell like oh it's painful it's like this big joke it was the dumbest product ever like Evidently, they sold millions of these units, 
where it was just two unsuspecting suburbanites in the 80s who would like get out of their Oldsmobile Cutlass and instead of exercising would strap on this thing and it would just shake the living crap out of them. Yes. And they're like, oh yeah, that's how you get skinny. And it makes no sense. It, it's oh. just, you got, I mean, you can look online. They've got them on YouTube and everything. It's unbelievable that yeah. anybody fell for this. Even more unbelievable that we had one in our house in college and we used to put people in it at parties <laughs> for fun. incredible. Yeah. Like oh. we found it for like 35 bucks or something, the Salvation Army. And somehow it sat there. I don't know what we did. We lost it. Did we have it when you were a freshman or was it gone? I don't remember it. No. So I mu- you must have been gone before. We me. definitely had one when I was pledging because yeah. they used to make Scott Porter getting it <laughs> and, um, and and like entertain people. It was like yeah. the truffle shuffle from Goonies. <laughs> they would make Porter getting it. Uh, but it, was, it, it you see this thing and it was this big metal contraption and it's loud. And you just think back, like, how could anybody have fallen for this thing? Oh, it makes crazy. a shake weight look like a Nobel Prize winning yeah. product. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. And, and that was still around then. Yeah. Oh. I don't know where. I, I, want, I want to know the origin story of how this thing ended up in our fraternity house. But Yeah. Rob, I did have three honorable mentions. All right. Go um, for it. Um, one, you just, oh, I just thought of one that, as you reminded me of this thing. I'm like, how did they come up with this product? Um we used to have, so I think I've said this. My mom is a big water, was a big water skier, mm-hmm. like did a lot of water skiing growing up and yeah. then like always water skied. And now we have, you know, you wear like a life jacket, like a, you know, a life vest. Yeah. Like to ski. Everyone, you, that's what you wear. But they used to wear this thing. It was a belt. Yeah. And they found out that it like made people drown because it, made you go face down in the water. Yeah, it would you, tip you over. Or if you were actually knocked out, yeah. you would be like face down in the water. Mm-hmm. Thing. That's an amazing one. I'm like, oh, that was a great idea. Um, the other one that I thought of, Rob, do you remember those bar ends that we used to put on our mountain bikes? Oh, yeah. The little things on the edge. That and would just all catch they ever trees. Did was like hook a tree. Yeah. <laughs> or, the, then, or the gates on Greek Row. I saw that happen several times. People trying yes. to go through. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now people actually use those, but they put them in the inside. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they use, I mean, you do want a different hand position, but yeah, that's funny, which made me look up. And I did realize that um, one funny thing is in around 2000, Smith and Wesson, the wep, the gun manufacturer actually made a mountain bike that like fell apart immediately. It, it um, th- I didn't know that they had been making police bikes for a couple of decades before that, but this was like before the mountain bike explosion, you know, so they were just like regular cruisers. You rode around town, I guess, or something. They were fine. But then when mountain bikes blew up, they tried to make an actual mountain bike and it fell apart immediately. Jeez. Um, and then the other one, Rob, I don't know if you had this, you grew up Catholic. You guys probably only, you only had, I'm guessing you had a, a definitive version of the Bible that made sense. Um, but in, in, United Methodist wishy-washy Sunday school church for me. Um, we had all the alt versions of the Bible, mm-hmm. like like the one for like sixth grade boys, or like middle school girls, or like you know I don't know just like, these like and they would try to like make it yes like make it like like tailored cool to or that something age group. or like to put some like animated drawings in there or something. Yeah. And all of those were just every kid everywhere. I have to think sniff that out right away. Like. Yeah. This is not like, it was like a, you know, it was like a say no to drugs commercial, basically. Yeah. You know, it was like the worst possible version. Just give me the real thing if you're going to do this. <laughs> no, I mean, Catholics, it's like, they say like, we'll never win a contest quoting scripture. You know, it's Right. You guys probably stuck to the regular, yeah, the, it was, the regular well, version, right? You didn't have all the like, we're trying to make it cool with the youth pastor. With e- the even that, it was more like, hey, we'll, we'll go with the parables, but you're never going to find a lot of Catholics like quoting it or anything. Um, right. There's not the adherence to the right written right. word <laughs> but if you want to talk about weird things that i did experience it's got the okay. bad product practicing for first communion we used to use neko wafers those should not oh. be allowed to be called candy those should not be allowed you're right those things are awful those things are terrible they're like kind of chalk different color but it was like nothing's really sweet they're like they're thinner worse version of smarties yeah that's not a good product it's right? just, yeah. that's a bad one. i can't believe people got away with selling that as candy of all things as like a sugary treat yeah, yes. <laughs> no, yeah no, so, no. but i think the only time i had them was 
first communion practice because you'd get that instead of you know the real host but yeah, yeah. oh no man that's funny yeah, oh. so. all right well we're ending on that um on that note that's good apologies to neko wafers if you were interested in sponsoring us we'll take it back <laughs> We're not taking a sponsorship for Necco wafers. I will well, take one from the fat shaking machine if anybody makes this. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, oh, dude, if we could get one of those ET video game like posters in the background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. Atari 2600 with a vintage yes. ET game. Yeah. Oh, well, it's fun talking to you, Rob, as always. Um, look forward to watching some basketball, chatting about it again this weekend. And uh, good luck to softball and lacrosse, two of our absolute favorites uh, over people who have given us just endless joy the last five or six years that we've been doing this project. So really looking forward to seeing the women back out on the field this week. Yeah, definitely. It's an exciting time to be a Jamie sports fan. Sure is. Rob, I will talk to you next week. Yeah. Have a good week. Go Dukes.